everybody. Welcome to the Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and social commentary from an Asian American perspective. I'm Marvin Yue, one of your co-hosts, and along with me, as always, is my other co-host, my Christine Minji Chang. How dare you? I'm sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> Christine Minji Chang is my co-host. She's here I'm as my here. second and third guest because oh, we're on our own. By this time. is why she feels comfortable singing again. Don't wanna be. <laughs> How's it going? I'm splendid. It's been a it's been a crazy few weeks. I'm tired. <laughs> I think this will add to like a really lively podcast because yeah, Marvin knows how delirious I get. The and truck noise going on outside. It's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. Whatever. It's like it's, a film set. We have to stop for the airplane. <laughs> it's um, not to dwell too much on what. Actually, it's not weather. We're talking about seasons. It's fall. Tis summer is technically over, even though there's gonna be a heat wave this weekend in LA. Everything's cooling down. All the holiday stuff is coming up, which kind of annoys me because I'm seeing Christmas decorations on sale when it's obviously Halloween time. Well, they jumped on that right when, like, what, Labor Day came around? Yeah. All the American flags are there. It's the war on, like, all other holidays, not the war on Christmas. Christmas is taking over every well, other holiday. Everyone, well, then there's going to be a riot about, oh, you can't impose Christmas on me. It's not my beliefs. Anyway, I can't, I don't argue because I love Christmas. Mm-hmm. I've been singing Christmas. I was actually just singing Christmas. Is that what influenced your Christmas? <laughs> no. Because I was serenading him with the 12 days of Christmas. It's, um, it's, <laughs> it's the annoying thing about Christmas carols coming prematurely. Prematurely. Because these are, like, this is the season where we play like haunted house themes. and like. I used to have this, into I used it? to have a CD that was like a haunted house CD. Um, I'm not super into it. I'm not really into scary movies. I hate scary I movies. We've established I watch that. them. I appreciate them, but I don't go out of my way to, to seek them out. And I, I go out of my way to avoid them. I can't do haunted houses neither. Hell no. But you know what? One of the funniest videos of like my life, all year round funny and awesome. You're, you're, I think I probably... Yeah, you, probably, you forced me to watch I it. I probably forced you to watch it. Multiple yeah. times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Ellen video. Yeah. Yeah. That's... <laughs> I need to go watch that today. I think we're going to watch yeah. that as a pick We up. had, um, so when I was in grad school, we had um, our first Halloween time because we had a lot of, um, out of, you know, international students. So there's this like haunted forest in, I think it's either Virginia or Maryland, but basically it's this big forest clearing where they hire actors to be monsters. Hell it's all foggy. No. Get me out of there. And I was just like, nope.com. I'm not going with you guys. <laughs> oh my God. I'm getting angry thinking about that. It's, Ugh, that guy saw Andy in the Ellen video. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure that's exactly how I would react. Like he's, j- but because he, he's like, and I'm laughing already just imagining. He's like pissed off. He's like, no, <laughs> stop it. Well, you know they're not supposed to touch you in those. But then there, but they there are grab. no. There are new. Um, uh-huh. There are these new, no. like, upper level, like advanced haunted houses now, no. where you sign a waiver that gives you permission, gives permission. For them to touch no. you and grab you in all circumstances of all of life, unless you're like a significant other, you may not touch me at your will. I heard there's also this even one with the significant. House, I'd be like, I, heard, <clears throat> I heard this one haunted house where everything's just pitch black. Hell no! So no, people are no, in there; they're no. not dressed up, but they're just like they're like touching you, grabbing you while you're like wandering around this pitch. Why black do people room. do that? Like, I'm sorry, I'm hitting the table. Why do people do that? I don't get what. Satis- like what pleasure or satisfaction or like I get the thrill and maybe that's like my thing with you know like as the, the pain of the pleasure or like with spicy food you know it's horrible but it's awesome I think it's more like schadenfreude you know it's more like you bring your friends Ugh. that are like more wussy than you 
and watch them react. I think that's honestly what it is because there's no other reason. I mean, I get like, so I love roller coasters, but then I love going fast. I love going high. Like I love, you know, just the thrill, the adrenaline rush. But I can't really do haunted houses because I think part of me is also like, I think I'm partially superstitious. So I kind of like, you get a little like freaked out, right? I believe in ghosts. Like I believe there are spirits like, oh my God, don't get me. It's just, (laughs) it's no, (laughs) no, no, no. And here's the thing that I get a little bit annoyed about. Like people who really revel in it, like do you, whatever you're into, do you, but I'm sorry, just FYI from my perspective, I don't think you're particularly awesome that you can, like, handle scary movies. I don't look at you as like, oh, my God, you're such a tough guy, girl. And there's kind of that attitude from some people, like, oh, man, you can't handle that. What, what in what in the universe would make me want to handle dead things, like, grabbing... How does that make you You're not really dead, though? There are people dressed up as ghosts. How does that make you superior? So don't like make fun of me that I'm scared. I'm a normal human being (laughs) that doesn't want someone with a chainsaw to chase me around and watch people's heads get cut off. I can't. No, (laughs) I think what really pisses me off is like I can't go to any theme parks in the month of October. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. (laughs) Except maybe Disneyland because they have the Nightmare Before Christmas stuff going on. I just. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's something I don't fully get, but you know, again, whatever you like, don't drag me into like some haunted house situation. My friend um, in the Bay, they have like at the East Bay, there's tons of fields and it's like very open. It's very suburban, a lot of rolling hills. So they they have cornfields. So they do corn maze, zombie chases and things like that. I've been invited to multiple. I don't get why you keep inviting me, Rob Re. Why you keep inviting me? Because I would never, ever, ever go. I'm not going to change my mind when you're. I'm never going. You know, someone from my, uh, someone from Maryland uh, started this thing called the Zombie Run, which is like all over the place now. Yeah, and that that is a piece of business genius. Yeah, it is. It really is. Because you pay to run, oh, and you also pay oh, to volunteer off. to be the zombie. <laughs> it's like. You know, that, as an actor, it'd be fun. I actually did zo- my costume last year was a zombie, wow. the K-pop zombie. Because yeah, I bugged you about it. And then, uh, uh, but I don't have to look at myself. <laughs> That's why it's fun to do the makeup. I'm like, whatever, whatever. I don't know. It's it's a fun. I really like Zombie Land as a movie, but I just would not volunteer or pay money. You know what I mean? To like go lose years off my life. And th- don't they have the escape room thingies now? My friends just did that. Exit rooms, yeah. Exit rooms where they're chasing you. That sounds you. fun. No. What? No, my, they, maybe it was a Halloween theme, but my friend took, okay. they, they went to a zombie one okay. last year. There's different themed ones. I know escape rooms is, is this new group activity thing that they do for team building. And basically it's like um, you get a bunch of people in the room and then you solve puzzles to get out of the room. And you can, there's a fail state if you don't solve it in time because they didn't, the next group just come in. Okay. If and there's so, nothing like attacking you, then that sounds fun. But I think I would get really stressed out. Have you ever been to the... Um, <laughs> no. There used to be this, like... It's not a ride. It's more like a show in um, Disney World called, like, Alien Encounter. Mm-mm. Where it's like, you, they sit you around this, like, stage. And then it's supposed to be like, oh, we're going to test out teleportation. But they accidentally teleport in, like, an alien. Oh, my God. And so, like, the seat... like It's kind of like the um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, where the seats move... You hear like the alien crawling up around you, and then they'll drip like they'll, it's water, but it's like alien slime on you. No. And, like, okay, full disclosure, I'm just a wuss when it comes to that stuff. Like it took me, my family, we go on family vacation. Huh? We're talking about last week's topic, but we go on family vacation in like Universal Studios and everything when I was younger, 
And I wouldn't go on a lot of the rides. I was terrified of the ET ride, which that's, is bicycle riding. But yeah, I was, and lovely. I loved ET. ET like touched my heart because it was dark. It was dark, and and I don't know. I was just scared. I didn't want to do it. What else did I? I was just I was scared of a lot. I'm not as scared of rides like that. Of course, I'll go on all of that. Honey Shrunk the Audience. That was really fun. But of course, I was kind of past a certain age. Mm-hmm. But the terrifying me when I'm not expecting it. Which is funny because I love surprises, like pleasant surprises. I love them. But terrifying me, no. And if you think it's funny and you think if you think that I'll, I'll laugh, I won't. I'll probably hate you, defriend you, and never speak to you again. So what was your feeling with the Haunted Mansion in Disneyland? I didn't go in that. Really? Well, actually, I think I did and I blocked it out of my memory. Uh-oh. I think it, it was beautiful and because it's Disney. Yeah. It kind of, it, there was a, a kind of freaky though. It was freaky. Yeah. It cushioned it a little bit. So I was like, oh, this is really like artistic and gorgeous and really, really freaky. I probably was scared. Yeah. It's probably, I'm trying to block it out of my <laughs> mind. I'm not going to relive this right now. I'm, I'm a wuss. Don't care. Sorry. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. <laughs> should open your mind. It's not opening my mind. I, I like living and I don't want to. I'm going to make Brian assign you so many scary movies next year for the film festival. No. I, yeah, exactly. I had enough <laughs> time with Crush the Skull. Dang it. Which was a great movie. <laughs> but yeah, fall is here, which means it's right now it's Halloween's turn. Then it's Thanksgiving. Then it's Christmas. I don't want to hear any more Christmas carols till after Thanksgiving. I'm going to sing them all day long. But. Yeah. I don't know why I was about to sing Sound of Music. That's not Christmas. Do you have plans for Halloween yet? I don't. I think there's some fun stuff. I mean, it's LA. Mm-hmm. So, um, See, I haven't really dressed up for Halloween in like maybe three, four years now. It's so fun. It's so fun. Like that's, that's the part that I love because I love dressing up for any occasion. Because in high school, we have like spirit days and things like that. Middle school, high school. And I love any excuse to get in a costume. And that's just like. The drama queen thespian in me. I love it. And 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 makeup and how you become a different character when you do your hair differently. <laughs> um, San Francisco, we have Beta Breakers, which is the May, it's in May and it's that giant run. Yeah, with all naked people. It's not all naked people. It's costume people. People being crazy. There are naked people. There's lots of naked people. I'm not. I didn't say they're not. But it's a lot of costumes. It's a lot of color. It's a lot of makeup. And it's just, it's fun. And I remember one year I decided I wasn't going to do it because I was like, I'm going to get wasted. And, and then the day of, I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> and so <laughs> I threw together a Well, you get wasted, then you go running? You, no, I'm as talking you, you, run. you specifically. In, in spirit of the, the occasion, I did. Okay. And uh, yeah, it was total. Um, Peer pressure. I can see. Yeah, you're pretty susceptible to, uh, Mob to the mentality. peer pressure. Yeah. Shut up. I have my own mind. Mm-hmm. But it was a celebrate, like in that like celebratory atmosphere. I was like, yeah, yeah. this is really fun. And not not knocking on the naked people, but it's kind of a bummer that all like they're uh, all old so, men. Yeah. So we used to have this. Um, there's this nude beach next to UCSD called Black's Beach, and you have to walk down this giant canyon to get to it. And it's a nude beach, but the only people there are like old men. Yeah. And my cousin used to go down there to like play volleyball and he would say like yeah when it gets cold they put on a t-shirt <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> like, that's like baker beach san francisco which is not the warmest place mm-hmm. there's baker beach which i love running that was one of my favorite spots to run at especially because the way the area that it's at it has this its own again tiny microclimate where mm-hmm. the, it's protected from a lot of wind right so it'd be actually warmer than a lot of the rest of san francisco <clears throat> and the very end of it 
right at the rocks where the waves are crashing. It's gorgeous, and you're right up against Golden Gate Bridge mm-hmm. is the nude beach portion. So naked old dudes. Yeah. They yeah. just want to hang free, you know? They do. They do. I mean, and again, who are, you know, it's then we're just going to get into, why are you judging their whatever, yeah. and they're allowed to do it. But yeah, I didn't see, I, I think I saw maybe one woman ever, and it's, you know, a lot of men, but whatever. That's what it was. Did you go to nude beaches in Europe? I didn't. Actually, when mm. I was in Paris, when I started abroad there, they had, uh, there's a tiny island, Saint-Michel. I think it's Saint-Michel, but it's in the middle of the Seine River. Mm. That was where the Notre Dame is and everything. And on the edges of that, people sunbathe. And in the middle of the fall, when it wasn't particularly warm, it was actually probably October, and we were all wearing coats, there mm-hmm. were nude, nude sunbathers. Oh, yeah, it's like um, something I want to try one day. It's like the... Um, nude like, sunbathing? No, no. The, the <laughs> like running into like the ocean when it's freezing. I kicked off New Year's that way this uh, year. I jumped cool. into the bay. And it wasn't that cold. Yeah, you gotta go up to Alaska or something, or like okay, the Midwest, I'm crazy. Minnesota or like Chicago. I get colds in LA, so That's no. That's true. We'll get that to that in a moment, but that that, that wraps up our. <laughs> this wasn't weather talk, so don't send your hate mail to me. We were talking about seasons. It's the fall, perfectly legal in podcast terms. Okay, you want to hear something weird? Um, let me just insert. I've been having like this weird manifestation week where things that I think and say happen very like in this very distinct specific way okay mm-hmm. right okay i just gave i just you know called out my friend rob right now mm-hmm. about the the corn maze thing right and i hate him for inviting me he's barely like he i guess invited he's, you to a corn maze n- no but he just messaged me within like two minutes after i said his name his name popped up on my phone oh he snapchat messaged me i'm like what <laughs> anyway is it from a corn maze no, if Is it was, like the, if it was the zombie lens for Snapchat, because... I see all those things. I hate them. I hate mm. them. Aaron, you're lucky. I Maybe didn't you manifest them you. because you tell people you hate them and they send it to no. you. No, I Sorry. rarely tell them I hate them. I can see <laughs> where like this hippy dippy stuff comes from. I, I see the hippy dippy stuff. It's, it's, it no, is though. It's it makes sense. Like positive thinking is always like kind of a good thing. Yeah, right. It changes your. I mean, maybe some people think it's, you know, the universe manifesting. Others, it's just, you know, if, if you're positive about things, you opportunities open to you. Yeah. Right. So. I honestly think it's a mix of two things. Science I think it's your science. <laughs> I'm going to use that. Science. I think it's two things. One, it's your energy that you're putting out there. Right. And I don't, it's the hippy dippy thing, the, 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 your energy, your vibe. Your chakra, I don't know. What is yeah, it? Your vibrations. I think that's real because there are certain people that I naturally love being around, and some people, for some un. I can't really define it. I just don't really. They're jerks. But it's not It's not manifested in any specific behavior. There's just something kind of uh, about them. Mm. I don't know. Whatever. It is what but it is. It's just human instinct, too. Like, but like, that's where I think the know? instinct comes from. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, if they're, if they're like perpetually negative. Uh, it, it is what it is. It's so I think it's a it's a vibration thing, but it's also like yeah, it dictates. It does ultimately dictate your behavior because mm-hmm. what you're thinking is how you're going to act. Yeah, and I think all of that is subconscious. But and that's like why I'm such a big proponent of meditating because I'm trying to undo a lot of like stupid programming in my head with how critical I am of myself and how I can't relax and blah. blah, blah. It's called growing up. Maturing. It is growing up. Maturing. Maturing. Well, that leads us to Maturing our first direction. topic, which 
is very relevant because um, you want to talk about health because you get sick or you've been getting sick. Is this always happening or is this, is this a recent thing? It's increasing Because I feel like in ever intensity. since we started working together, you've been sick a lot. So try not to take it personally. No. But. <laughs> um, no, it's been increasing. It's always been a problem. Not always. I'd say since college onward. But I think that's di- directly correlated to stress and Probably. to like, lifestyle. I found like for me personally, I never got sick from like elementary school to like through high school. Like I never took a sick day, never took a day off. Maybe it's just my pride doing perfect attendance or whatever. Uh, I'm fine. <laughs> but um, You're a male. I'm fine. I, I don't feel that, anything. Like, <laughs> I found that like once I started college from first year, especially the first and second year, I was constantly, not sick, but constantly had a cough. Huh. So maybe it was just all the fresh air. See, I'm like getting worried LA. about the past you. It's not even you now, but I'm like, oh, do you need some lozenges? No, but... Ricola? <laughs> um, and then that's something like, so, you know, being fall, not to bring it back to our, our, our it's all relevant. season talk, but um, weather's changing. And usually when the weather changes, you know, I found myself getting not sick, but, you know, it, it affects you. And it affects, it's definitely been affecting me a lot more mm-hmm. now that I'm getting older. For sure. You know? For sure. So, like, during when, like last week, I had a brief period of time where I wasn't sick, but I had scratchy throat. I was like, this could go either one of two ways, mm-hmm. you know, and fortunately, it, what did you do? Fortunately, it, um, it, did you rest? Not really. Marvin, really. but it, it got better. I'm better now. So Leslie, no, at first like, I was like, well, cause it, hap- it started during when you were in Paris. So I was like, okay, I can't blame me. I remember. This. Yeah, well, you were working really hard in light of the fact that I was gone. I feel this is so funny. I'm like the Leslie Nope in me is like assembling a care package basket. Here are lemons and here's honey and Well, ginger. that's what... So I came back to that first day and you gave me a baggie with like... Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> and emergency. I was like, what is this? I did do that. <laughs> oh, see, aw. But that, that's... Okay, you guys didn't see but this, see, but she but just see, patted herself in the back. Because, aw, shut up because it's nice. <laughs> And I, I, I encourage everybody, if you have a friend that you care for, make them a care package. It was seriously just a Ziploc bag. And because I'm sick all the time, I'm well stocked with like all the things that you need to. I, I stuffed it with like vitamins. I put ibuprofen in it. I put emergency tea bags, like whatever. But yeah. this is what like. And, and it's funny because I actually I saw a nurse yesterday and she was just the sweetest person. And she Ubered a nurse in. I did. It was like nurse Uber. What's the app I'm, called? I'm plugging this app, dude. Um, White Coat. It's a startup that uh, that connects you between 8 a.m. and midnight that you can look in your local vicinity by your zip code and ask for a nurse practitioner to see you whenever you have urgent care need for, I think it's like 75 bucks. Yeah, because nurse practitioners are, are licensed to give like to write prescriptions and give advice. Yeah, I mean, they give you shots and like all this thing. Like, there's a lot of people argue that nurse practitioners know more how to do patient care than doctors. Mm -hmm. But uh, I mean, that's a whole separate topic. Um, She was just really, really cool. And I I tried it out because um, I'm uninsured right now. Shut up. And uh, I'm re-enrolling very shortly. But I needed to just do a checkup on my help and I wanted to help out this new startup and help yeah. them with their reviews so and i had a code so i i met up with her and she was really really nice I so you had a to, code no it wasn't free but i had a discount yeah and and it's for my health right and so mm-hmm. i'm one of those i don't think i'm a hypochondriac but i'm always been health conscious i think primarily because my dad's a smoker since a really young age i was like really conscious of what 
was going in people's bodies, people I love. Right. And then, um, and I wanted to be a doctor. I'm a public health major. But, uh, yeah, she did this whole checkup, and she was super sweet and, like, taking your whole health history into account and all that stuff. But, yeah, I mean, essentially I was right. There's nothing really wrong with me, but I always wanted to be sure. I was like, is there anything wrong with my liver, my kidneys? Like, Mm. am I doing any severe damage because the frequency of my colds? I got eight this year. That's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. People were like genuinely giving, I mean, concerned and then started getting mad at me. They're like, this is really <laughs> bad. And that's kind of why I, when I do get sick, especially when it's a respiratory thing, I kind of really take it seriously. Because I, uh, when I was 24, I had a bout of pneumonia mm. while I was working. And like, it was the first time in t- my entire life where I was just knocked out for the entire like two weeks. Like I couldn't go to work. I couldn't do anything. Yeah. And it was the first time I ever used my sick days. And I was just like, oh. It's a milestone. Could have cashed these in in the year. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I go to my trip. Like I used to take, like I would take trips. I know. Like, when it, I know. But up. it's yeah. also like, and, and I don't know if that's part of the cultural thing or not, but it's always, you just want to power through it. That was always my attitude. Yeah. And I always worked despite being sick. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, But it's scary because you could, like if you get one cold that goes really bad too long and then, do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like it could become a bigger no, for infection sure. like, and be bad. It got to the point where like, because I was trying to power through it and then it got to the point where like I was driving out to work and I was like just coughing and just like I couldn't, I couldn't move. I was just like, yeah, I can't go today. Yeah. You know, someone, I, my friend's friend coughed so hard because they didn't. I whatever it was, it, this cough wasn't going away. Maybe, maybe it was pneumonia. They coughed so hard that they like threw out their back or like seized up their neck or something. Mm. Like, and it, do you know what I'm saying? It kind of just kept escalating because it wasn't nipped in the bud and whatever that was either going to the doctor or resting or whatever. Yeah, it was really bad. like a really bad cough, like it, like f's you up. Yeah, you know, it, it it's a lot of wear on your body and you don't know where things are going. You know what I mean? Like it could mm-hmm. go back in your lungs and get. Like, ugh. Yeah. But anyway, it was just it was um, it was really nice to see the nurse yesterday. So white cope is dope, and I am like doubling down on my commitment. For the record, I did not get fully sick for the entire month of August, and no, that's a well okay. I got better at the beginning of August and for two months. So from beginning of August to beginning of October, I haven't gotten sick fully. Congratulations. I know. And I went to Europe. And we had a conference. The cesspool of germs, right? I know. (laughs) With all their uh, disgusting... With all their fancy unpasteurized cheeses and stuff. I don't know. It was awesome. But (laughs) I, I definitely have felt like I was on the brink the entire time. Yeah. So that's why... But that's the thing. So like, you know, we're... Technically, in we work the hours of like a startup, you know, mm-hmm. which means we always work and we're socializing all the time. Yeah, always. So, yeah, it's it's an occupational hazard that like people don't think about sometimes. It's just like you know you're, you're doing what you love, which is great, but then like you forget to take care of yourself sometimes. Exactly, you know, self care is like that's- it's something that's come up a lot with you know with talking with you, talking with Jenny. Like people kind of who are you know hustling all the time is that they didn't really start really succeeding yeah until they start they realize that i have to take time for myself that's and see this the so the nurse thing and like the checkup thing was kind of like a bigger uh, to quote oprah an aha moment (laughs) but i i had a really shitty weekend um actually the first half was great second half was just full of a lot of sad news and um hard things to stomach Mm -hmm. um and and it was kind of that again 
this after 30 thing. God, I hate adulting. You're barely after 30. Shut up. I'm adulting. Um, But it was really great because ultimately, I mean, going through that, those rough 48 hours and then, and then the nurse was kind of part of the upward swing of a reminder that we only have a finite amount of time on earth. Do what you love. But if you're not happy and if you're not like seriously mentally, emotionally sound, mm-hmm. you can – people – I believe in pushing yourself to the limit because like you don't know what you can do until you go there. Like actualize that. But it's not worth destroying your health and, and being – Ultimately, that's, it was reaching the point where I was getting, like, really mad and, like, really angry at how much I felt. And it's funny. It's self-imposed, right? How much I felt I didn't have control over my life, that all these things were, like, they're just going wrong because yeah. I'm not able to prioritize myself, or et cetera, et cetera. So I'm saying that that's a, a real problem. And it's funny that we are around all these really ambitious go-getter people. And that's something that I think is really relevant yeah. and all people. I think everybody wants to do amazing things. But in light of that, and especially because we're always just comparing. I'm like, oh, my God, so-and-so is doing this. They're at this conference. They're speaking at this event. They're performing here. They got this gig. I feel mad, overwhelmed, and I always feel like I'm a step behind. That's the reality of like the way I've yeah. my mentality has been going, It's which is why I meditate. It's ironic. It's ironic that like to get ahead of things, you have to like slow things down. Yeah. And like figure it out, right? Because we do so many things that are in the bigger picture, not necessary. Right. Right. There's and a lot they, of noise that like if we oh follow that noise, we like we, we don't advance. Right? Exactly. And then PK's always talked about that with me and with a lot of other people. He's always talking about the focus aspect of that the value of focusing. And it's it's a hard balance to strike because you don't know what you can do until you try it. But then if you're trying 18 different things and trying to be great at all of them, you're going to be great at none of them. Yeah. Right? So I don't know. It was just, again, inflection point. Like get right with myself. Get, be healthy. And sometimes I think it was like maybe it's like an uber Korean thing. Don't know because I am Korean American. I'm not anything else. Um, well, I am many other things, but whatever. I'm saying this whole tendency that a lot of korean people have to work until complete utter exhaustion i'm not saying we're the only ones but a lot of korean people do that they do that until they die they do that until they get really really sick it's it's kind of glorified in media sometimes like in in dramas and film that if you didn't kill yourself doing something you really didn't care you know what i mean it's kind of that it's a very subliminal message that i think gets I think that's kind of also... It can run off the rails. I mean, American culture, like especially from like the yeah, boomers American era, culture. like, you know, you do your job, you put your head down, you do like, you do your job, yeah. and then you retire. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, people are using that framework on, you know, our generation. We're millennials, let's face it. We're older, but, you know, we're, yeah. we're yeah. there. And Own it. because we don't... A, like we, we weren't afforded the same economic opportunities as our parents' generation. Mm-hmm. B, we're, we were brought up differently than them. Yes. You know? Yes. Like that imposing that framework on us isn't exactly fair. It isn't you know? fair. And it's something that we're just navigating. We're figuring it out as we go. Yeah. And it's tough to have that expectation or that. Yeah. And who not- knows? Our, our, our kids could be total squares. And we're like, why don't you just go do what you love? Like, no, I must. I kind of feel like that's what I'm saying. Because you're so poor. No, but that's what I'm saying. I think that's what's happening right now. Like, 
I don't know. I think it's. I think that's exactly what's happening. Mm. And we're gonna be like, but what are your dreams? <laughs> you know, there's like, and, and we're the, the hippie. We're the new hippie dippy parents. We are the yeah. hippie. Di- it's cyclical, right? Because the sixties and seventies of all these hippie dippy parents, like, <laughs> and they're like, no, we can't. We need structure and order, and we need stability <laughs> and security, and shut up, you know. Mm. And then we go through, and now we're we're th- maybe we're that again in a different way, wearing hoodies and t-shirts to work, where they're like, where's yeah. your suit and tie? <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of different theories and stuff, and the main thing is just the the middle class. I've, I've read a couple like think pieces. Let's see, um, think that pieces. like they're talking about the middle class was a a result of you know the post war boom, mm-hmm. where like there was economic opportunity for people to be create the middle class, and ever since then, like the people who got into power made money. You know, their whole goal is to protect that wealth, and because of that, like the distribution's getting more polarized. Right. And now that's why the middle class is disappearing, you know, because the people who got rich want to stay rich. Well, it's getting harder to, it is getting harder to rise through the ranks through the system. That's why you see a lot of people in our generation, entrepreneurs, independent freelancers, things like that. There's value in that. We've got, and that's what's kind of disrupted this whole notion of, yeah. stability and you know there because no one if if all around you that and and again with technology and our accessibility to see so many different perspectives if you understand that this is happening so frequently and it's and to a degree very successfully then you know it it, it further feeds into the like i don't need to follow your rules yeah which is i don't know if you want to learn more about that you should attend minji's seminar at safe fest this saturday that would be fun yeah i'm excited um teaching entrepreneurs to be creative yeah, well, okay, so I heard... Or not entrepreneurs, engineers. engineers. It, it's really funny because I don't... <clears throat> I'm, I'm very curious, and I'll, I'll, it'll be really fun to recap this next week. I'm, I'm really... Um, this is the first science and engineer conference I'm ever going to. I've gone to tech conferences, which is not college students, and it's really different environment, and they're all there to get wasted. But that compared to a student conference, right, right. where I'm, where it's... 18 to 21 year olds and they are in school majoring in the stem fields and they're all there to drink too well they're i mean i don't know because maybe i should project my own bad yeah you're projecting too. right now we're not gonna we're not <laughs> and sorry con i'm not trying to we i don't know but it's a, a fun terrible event. college student. we can go into this in the future i was a terrible college student you, i was a you, great you, grad student you have shed some light on this student. you have shed some light we've heard tidbits of this we're show we're, we'll do a college fest podcast soon but it's gonna be and it's the college students of now you know what Mm -hmm. i mean and the asian college students of now i don't want to walk in with certain preconceived notions and the stereotypes that i've grown up with i'm a you know good decade older than most these kids but i don't want to be like oh my god it's all gonna be these kind of kids or these kind of kids i i'm really excited like i hope that there's a significant difference in certain ways in terms of being more outgoing or outspoken Mm -hmm. But a lot of people told me, like, whether they're Asian or not, science kids are science kids. But I'm like, if we're doing our job right, if we're all trying to encourage everyone to go into the sciences, it shouldn't be as, you know, suspenders and glasses as, <laughs> as yesteryear depicts. Well, I mean, there are a lot more programs now trying to get more gender equality into STEM programs. Exactly. Too, so that's yeah. always because all the things I'm yeah. like really curious what it's going to be like. It'll Just, be interesting. Yeah. And then we're all going to party together because then we have Stace Fest. So I'm doing the workshop Friday, and then Saturday is this giant 30 artist. Yeah, 
festival that we're putting on, which we've talked about. We had Alvin on last week, and I'm really excited. You know, I'm going to get to hang out with Clara and Dan and Paul. Have you seen her? I don't think you've hung out with her in a while. She's been like traveling the world. She's working on her third album. She's working really, really hard, and uh, she samples it sometimes on Snapchat. Mm. which is really cool and it sounds awesome and she's matured a lot as a person as an artist it's going to be really different and awesome but um i saw her in the summer for dinner that's it mm. but anyway um the the workshop sorry i'm like going back workshop is building the creative leader in you excuse the cheesiness of the title i had <laughs> procrastinated i'm, I'm gagging in my mouth right now like a college student and I didn't think of a better title. Shut up. I should have asked you. You're really good at that. No, I'm not. You are. You're better at like the descriptives and, you know, like a summary and all. You're really I'm good, good at, at writing. I'm not good at titles. Okay, maybe titles we could have collaborated on. But I feel like even if, <laughs> but if you had given me the right synopsis, I think the title would have come out of that. Maybe. I think. But my goal there primarily, and if SACE people are listening, I'm there to make you uncomfortable in the most fun way possible. Because I want to, I think I'm entering as maybe the sponsors and people are going to be so mad. I'm there to disrupt. I'm there to be, I don't think I'm your usual STEM presenter, workshop leader. But I'm really grateful to Khan and to Alvin to invite me to do this because. You con Alvin into Tim Ginyun? Huh? Oh, Khan. Khan. I did not con Alvin. Khan is in the executive director of Serious Serious Ways. Um, But I'm really really glad that they're open-minded and invited me to do this. Because I think it'll be really interesting. <laughs> we'll see. And I, I want to, I'm like scared how much workshop will get done because I want to ask. I would love to sit with them for an hour and pick their brains. What do you guys listen to? What platforms are you on most of the time? I mean, don't how turn into a market research session. I know, but I'm, in, I'm genuinely curious. Like, what's life like for you? Just you educate me. <laughs> Talk to them at the, at the festival. I know I will. The work, they're there to learn, not to I know. fuel your... That's what I'm saying. Your voyeuristic... I'm not being voyeuristic. I'm trying to be like a concerned... Are you going to go in there with like, yo, what's up, swag? <laughs> Fleeking. <laughs> it's going to be... Let's, let's, you know, this workshop's going to be lit. We're going <laughs> to... Turn it up with empowerment. <laughs> Fleek out, yo. We're going to get turned up on some knowledge, though. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm fired. YOLO. I quit. That, that should have been the, the, um, the title of your workshop. YOLOing in the Ace Fest. Oh, my God. The fleekiest. The fleekiest. Okay. Workshop I, I think I brought this up before. Did I tell you, talk to you about the Hefty commercials? No. They're so good. Hefty gets a shout out. And maybe you'll hire me for a commercial. I love them. They're these the trash bag people. Yeah, they came up with a really hilarious campaign. This is when advertising's like culturally relevant and just funny. They took these mainly Caucasian mothers who are in cardigans and button-up shirts and holding laundry baskets and stuff, but they're talking in millennial. Oh, that sounds terrible. It's hilarious. They're just talking millennial, like OMG. Totes, da, da 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 like but they deliver it with such confidence it's so funny this world is over no i'm gonna pull it up dystopian future is here no while we uh, contemplate our new dystopian future uh, we're gonna take a quick break tell you a little bit about what's coming up on collaboration and i will be back to uh chat a little bit about media Hey guys, 
This podcast is brought to you by the Collaboration Movement. We're a nonprofit organization that um, that supports Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment. We got a few cool events coming up this weekend. Actually, Minji and I are actually going to be flying out. Uh, Minji tomorrow. I'm actually driving. I'm not flying. I'll be flying down the freeway. Oh, you're driving. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you're driving. Yep. Um, so I'll be driving to the Bay. Bay area for collaboration for coll- mm, for collaboration San Francisco six which is taking place um, this Saturday at the Marines Memorial Theater. Tickets are on sale now. You can still buy them. Um, it's going to feature six great alumni artists, as well as being hosted by um, Ashley Perez of BuzzFeed fame. It's going to be a great night. You guys should come out. You see me, say hi. And if you're there, I'm jealous of you. Yeah. My heart is cleft in twain. It'll be fun. We're going to try to not get my head split open this time. Can you not really? And I'm not even there to make sure that you're fine. It's frightening. I can't guarantee what I do or do not God. do at a collaboration San Francisco after party. Can we not? If anything happens to me, no. it's Daisuke's fault. <laughs> Don't be a liability for Daisuke. He's enough on his plate <laughs> and the whole staff. I'll try not to walk in the wall. You're the time. leader, Marv. <laughs> be the leader. Oh. Uh, Oh, dear. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, check back our, I think it was episode 7. Um, wow, good memory. I have no idea. Where how. we, uh, we explained how I... Um, he had an accident. Yeah. I'm glad you're okay. Try not to walk in any walls this time. Anyways, also happening this Saturday, if you're in Houston, in the Texas area, is Stace Fest. Like, we just we just mentioned it on the podcast, but we're going to talk about it a little more. Um, tickets are on sale now at stacefest.org. It's going to be a crazy event 30 artists three three stages four stages a bunch of stages stages. um local talent from all around texas guess who's hosting the main stage (laughs) who i'm sorry i am oh oh (laughs) marvin had a genuine look of disappointment i'm sorry that that's so (laughs) awful i'm gonna go hang my head now in shame headliners are noel Kuntz. Clara C, um, Paul Date, and Dan, aka Dan. It's gonna be. Are they, you know if they're gonna play together, Dan and Clara? There's talk of it. Hmm. I so have I not think, heard confirmation. I don't think they've ever played that live yeah, together. Yeah, they haven't. That's why. So I was in Prisca seeing Clara's part. Yeah, yeah. and um, but Dan has a show in Atlanta. How dare you? So I don't know how this is gonna get coordinated. But you know what? Our artists are pros, and they're all friends. So I feel like they can whip something together. They're all gonna be there for sound check. Yeah. I'm saying. Atlanta's another place that's really important. Cool I don't think I've ever had an accident in Atlanta. But Good. Keep it that way. Yeah. No, no accidents anywhere. <laughs> Man, give me a heart attack. And finally, we have Collaboration Star coming up next month, um, November 14th, at the Aratani Theater in Little Tokyo, Los Angeles. Tickets just went on sale yesterday. Um, you can check out more information at star.collaboration.org. Also, check out our Facebook page to get to the event so you can click on RSVP for, RSVP for updates. Um, and we're going to have some great acts. There are six finalists from who won their respective collaboration shows. And we're going to have the Kinjas. Yeah! What's up, Ben? What's yeah. up, Mike? <laughs> Hosted by a Tony Award-winning poet and all-around cool guy, Bosia. It's going to be amazing. Check out the information. I feel like I've said this before, and I'll probably say it 20 more times. Don't care. I'm old and senile. But um, the cool story is... I still think the cool story with Kinjas is Ben and Mike dancing together when they've both inspired each other so much with <laughs> dance. And they're both part of two really amazing America's Best Dance Crew teams. So Ben was in the original Jabberwockies. Mike was 
in the original Kava Modern that competed. And they both have deep histories with collaboration. And well. very deep histories with collaboration. Mike was such a, like he said, uh, watching a dance crew at the collaboration show was what insp- made him know that he knew what he wanted to do. And that was dance. And he's just been an incredible supporter for so many years. And then Ben was part of the first staff. He's actually the person who came up with the name collaboration and also a huge supporter. So it's just, I, I have so much respect and admiration for them as artists and as people and as friends. And uh, going to be an incredible show. We have so many more announcements to come, but we'll keep you hanging because you're going to have to listen ahead. Yeah. Listen. As always, if you have any emails, feedback, or anything you want to. If you just want to contact us, um, you can email us at podcast at collaboration.org. That's collaboration with a K. You can also follow us on Collaboration on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Check out our Snapchat account, Collabo Snaps. That's K-O-L-L-A-B-O-S-N-A-P-S. We're stepping we're up our now. Snapchat game. Well, we've talked about Snapchat, but this is actual <laughs> Collaboration Snapchat. Yeah. Because we're everywhere, we can pass this account. Everyone can see all the collaboration going on all across the nation. Yeah, it's we got awesome. some. It's gonna be really. I, I, I'm really excited about these, like, day of things. Yeah. It's gonna be really fun. Hashtag BTS. <laughs> and um, did you just hash? Don't don't do that. I did it. We're not. We're too old. And Justin Timberlake and Jimmy Fallon did it. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> Finally. Um, if you guys haven't been checking collapse.org, now's a good time to check back because we're, we've launched our new content strategy where we're putting out blog posts, videos, podcasts, and there's new stuff going up every day. We just had some great articles go up this week about um, the examination on From Dust Till Dawn. Um, Connie Lim, one of our alumni, is starting a new column about her experiences at Asian American Artists. And we have a great um, article going up this week about Renover North. So check it out, leave some comments, and you know. Share with your friends. Share with your friends. You know, we're we're providing the Asian American perspective on much more than just this podcast. And honest, can I just take a minute to shout out thank you because you work a lot with the editorial team and I've had no interaction with them as as a whole team. But shout out to the editorial team. It's growing all the time. I'm so impressed by the content that you guys are contributing to the blog. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm learning about how blogs run. And the editing process, submission stuff, and keeping up with relevant content and having a really smart perspective on it is really hard and necessary. So thank you guys for doing that. It, it just it's it's really uh, inspiring. Yeah, check us out on collaboration.org, and that's the collaboration update. Right. Back to the show. All right, welcome back. I'm back here with Christine Minji Chang, or Minji Christine Chang. Minji uh, Chang, what's in a name? What is in the name? I don't know. Let Who us is think Christine upon Chang? That. She I, sounds cool. She's not really. Uh, she's a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, this is the beginning of a long conversation. Well, anyways, again, it's fall, which means TV is back. Um, we talked a little about Fresh Out about last week. And then since then, another TV family has hit the airwaves, the Park family, um, Dr. Ken. Um, I know you haven't seen it yet, but um, I watched the episode online. Um, From Friday? It's Friday was when it Friday came out. Friday night, yeah. I just missed it. I thought it was on 9 to 8.30, so I, had to, um, I actually went up and purchased the episode on, on um, Amazon. Way to support. Yeah. I have this thing. So since I've worked in entertainment, especially in distribution, home media, 
I just can't bring myself to illegally download anything anymore. It's just the guilt is real. The guilt is real, and also helps me feel superior to my friends who do. So you can condescend them. Not condescend, more like <laughs> just feel superior. Be on your high horse. Yeah. How's the air my up there? My pedestal. It's great. It's sweet. It's amazing. <laughs> so much better up here than down there. Well, I'm glad that you support it. And can I watch your copy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so the show itself is a, it's different than Fresh Out of the Boat because it's a multi-camera uh, sitcom with a laugh track. So it's more of a traditional sitcom. Like Friends. Like Friends. And I think that's kind of, it's been getting some um, critical reviews of it because of how it doesn't, I guess, it's not what people expected because people saw Fresh Out of the Boat as groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. Whereas Dr. Ken, you know, the first episode, being the first episode, it's more broad, mm-hmm. but it's kind of more of a traditional sitcom, mm-hmm. right? So people were, I, I think the consensus was more like, oh, it's not really doing anything new. But I feel like, so there's this really great article from Jen Fang from Reappropriate.co, which is a great blog. They, they usually, she, she um, touches on a lot of the racial issues in media and representation. And she was talking about how she was really prepared to hate it mm-hmm. because of, I mean, let's face it, Ken Jong can be a polarizing figure in our community because of the characters he's played in the past, right? You know, he debuted with The Doctor from Nocta, which was, I thought was a great. It was great. And then he um, was, I forgot the name. On the Hangover, he was crazy Asian guy, and then oh, kind of just leaned into that for the next two two movies. Right? Yes, and then so there's like there's these two kind of. At one point, he's one of the most prominent Asian comedic actors. On the other hand, like some of the 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 characters he plays, while great that we're being portrayed, is kind of cringy for us, right? Uh-oh. It's, but that's like the best part of being an actor. You yeah. get to be so many different things, and and that's a, that's, a, that's a... yeah. So I guess, you know, so she was making the point that, you know, he's, he has this history yeah, and she was prepared to not like his character in this, but then she found herself really liking it because just, it was so normal. Yeah. Right. The fact that this was a normal sitcom family, a traditional sitcom family, they just happened to be Asian. Yeah. Nothing crazy. They're, they didn't make any jokes about Asian except like he does his Asian, like his Korean father, like impression. That's it. This, I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, it's funny when we do it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of a traditional sitcom plot of overprotective father freaks out when daughter gets driver's license and overreacts. Right? That's never been done before. <laughs> and then, but you need that. That's what, like the family. Yeah. Like, but I yeah. think um, the point she makes is the fact that this was such a normal sitcom mm-hmm. was... Disappointing? No, it was... For her, it oh, for was... For her, it was good. For, but, it was like... It was refreshing. But the other people who right. wanted something like really... I think they wanted something more out of like because rep sweats, right? Like you want something that represents. So this Asian is from American. Asian people that are no, saying no, just the general media. Okay, yeah, it's well, screw your expectations. <laughs> it's kind of just funny about just just the way that because Asians in media, especially like all Asian families, are still such a new thing. Yeah, people don't really like everything has to mean something. Yeah, right. Where like the fact that this show exists as it is means something. Right? Yeah, and it's you know it's two different families, kind of cool. Like so, Jen Fang was um. Part of what drew her in was the fact that, you know, the two parents were doctors, you know, it was a doctor and a psychiatrist, and then similar to, like, her family, and it's kind of, it's relatable in that way. That's like my ex-boyfriend's family. Yeah. Literally, OBGYN and psychiatrist. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, and Dr. Ken from Knocked Up was OBGYN. How funny. That's crazy. Yeah. No, I really, and Susie Nakamura, I heard, is really funny. Yeah. And she's wonderful, and, um, I don't know. I I hope they use more of her. Like, I think, um, I think... 
what led to a lot of the criticism was that it was very Ken heavy. Okay. But like, it means it's his show. So I think the pilot had to sell him. You right. Know? And then, but there's a lot of potential, I think, for the rest of the family. And, you know, you got the daughter who's becoming a teenager who, you know, is responsible for now. Right. And, you know, the little kid who's we'll just like see. a free spirit, right? Oh, God, if they could understand <laughs> teenage Asian kids. Um, yeah. It's a pilot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And even with it, uh, this is every show, you didn't want me to. Were you the one that said when I watched Parks and Rec, even you're like, oh, God, the first one's so bad. You know what I mean? Like, I said the first season isn't as strong oh, as the first season. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were talking about like the pilot. Pilots guys in general they're a sampler like they are just a concept trying to get a studio to say yeah maybe we can do something with this there's always a change (laughs) so i don't know i I really want to see the pilot i will hopefully if you give it to me i can watch it i think you're logged into my oh yes okay cool they were sharing so so i'm I'm Um, (laughs) no you just logged into it on my my stuff on it like your roommate's account has nothing well it's my netflix Anyway, um, Amazon Fire about? Stick. But anyway, um, <laughs> we're like plugging the product. Office Fire Stick. We're not. We are not. Uh, although <laughs> sponsored by Amazon. Although, although if, like if they're somebody, interested, yeah, what's up? Like Info at collaboration dot org. <laughs> um, but, um, I think I think you'd probably like it a little bit better than I did. Like I liked it, but I can like I wasn't as into. It. I, I was viewing like. Okay, so our critical tastes are we have some overlaps, but we also have some like oh, we have very some differences. Diverse. But like, you know, I know um you're more of a fan of, you know, like friends where I was more of a fan of like scrubs. Yes. You know, yes. So. Yes. My favorite show is I Love Lucy, for those of you who yeah, want to know. Maybe the traditional. When it's done well, it's done. Like, it's you know? very, very accessible. It's very light. And sometimes the audience needs help to know when to laugh. <laughs> but or it kind of just you feel like you're laughing with somebody. I don't know what it is. I, I would actually like to dive deep into the psychology of that, but we're not going to do that here. I'm interested to see this show. I think it, I heard just a uh, commentary on that. It's like a really tough time slot to get Friday night's tough Friday because night. everyone's out yes. getting turned. Yeah. <laughs> of course, all the parents are out getting turned. <laughs> the parents of 15 year old kids uh, <laughs> who are trying to see what a doctor and his wife have to live in being parents of two children. Everyone's got to get turned up sometimes. I know. So watch Dr. Get... Dude, Friday night was like... TGIF. TGIF, man. That was like my life. I looked forward to... Way more than I looked... No. Actually, yeah. I'd say more than I ever looked forward to like cartoons on Saturday morning, which I loved to do when I was a kid. That comparison to my excitement to watch Family Matters, Step by Step, um, Full House, all that, that was my life. That was awesome. I remember watching those, but those didn't really stick with. I think the TGIF that I liked was when like Boy Meets World was on there. That was cool. Yeah, I didn't. I was a little bit more nineties. Like, I feel like Boy Meets World was late nineties, early two thousands, or no? Yeah, I, was I mean, more it was early. on for a long time. It was on for a really long time. But yeah, I'm yeah. A, I'm an OG TGIF, <laughs> and I lived around the corner from the Full House house. Yo, that was recently. But anyway. We'll see. I I will not really provide an opinion. I'm just kind of relaying what I've heard. I mean, it's interesting that like, I think the the show is strong for not really because play- I think that was some of the issues with Asian portrayals on TV in general. It's like you always have to play up some stereotype or something, right? And then the fact that the show kind of is a traditional sitcom plot of you know crazy dad and 
but everyone else being like, a straight person. And and we're we're earlier we we're listening to a podcast where Constance Wu was getting interviewed. Which which podcast was that? It was the um, Bullseye podcast from MaximumFun.org, which is a really cool podcast network. And it was a they're doing a switcheroo, so they have all these shows and they have like, their whole switch and do other people's show. Oh, cool! So it's Guy Branham, who's normally on Pop Rocket, friend of collaboration. Oliver Wang is part of that show. Um, the host of that show hosted Jesse Thorne's show. Oh, cool! And he uh, he interviewed Constance Wu. That was cool. Yeah, and yeah. I, I like that interview and what she she's just lovely. I, I really hope Constance. Can we hang out sometime? Can we grab coffee in Silver Lake? <laughs> it's um, interesting hearing her without her, you know, exactly Mrs. White accent. Yeah, and I was listening. I was telling you, I was, can you totally hear the Virginia. She's younger than us, right? I think she's. I don't. know. In any I case, she's about the same age. we're yeah. we're of the same generation, Constance. <laughs> let's hang out. Um, see, I just you see what I did there. I'm manifesting. We'll see when this manifests. I'm putting mm. it out in the universe, Constance. We gotta kick it, girl. Um, but what what she was saying about comedy and why she was drawn to the character and what she found really great about the script to take something that was pretty bold, right? To say we're going to put an immigrant Chinese-American family on network television. And like he was asking her, well, what made you okay with doing that? What about the script and story, et cetera? And she said when she actually met Eddie Wong's mom and when she saw how the story was told and the comedy and the beauty of it and the real the real depth of the the story is about how Eddie Wong's mom is like loving his his uh his siblings and himself in this really unique way that a lot of people are not used to in, in her superstitions and the things that she needs to do in order to like protect them and make them yeah, happy and for us as second generation children of immigrants it's it rings true. It's like yeah, totally really. But that. they're not making fun of it. It's not. It's and that's where I guess the 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 loveliness or the lightheartedness, the part where you can laugh because she means it. She's not trying to be weird, and she's not trying to. She's just loving her sons. You know, yeah. like I went to a fortune teller and I or had a dream about uh, going driving down a road with like a golden <laughs> something. Yeah, my, my mom, mom told me. My mom gave me a charm to put in my car Aww. to ward off accidents. That's like, okay, that's <laughs> the same thing as Catholic people putting that saint whatever yeah. on their car. Same thing. What's so weird about that? You know what I'm saying? So it's all kind of like, and I think that that's great because once you share that story, it's like, oh my God, we all do the same things in our own yeah. way, right? Yeah. And 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 that's what oh. she, and that's apparently what Constance really loved about it, and I love her for sharing that story because, yeah. again, it makes you... It's that feeling of universality that makes you feel unique, but also universal. You feel like you're not a weirdo, and nor should you be treated like a weirdo. Yeah, for things that are normal and whatever. Like who cares? And that just, I just, it just came to me that you know. So what you just said, you know, um, first of all, is an immigrant story, and that's something we relate to nostalgically. But Dr. Ken is a story about second generation parents, which is kind of like it's us and. In that context, I think it being more of a traditional American family makes a lot more sense too. Yeah, you know, it's a then and now. Yeah, now and then. Now, yes. And it takes place in L.A. Oh, nice. So we can, you know. Are there emojis? There's got to be emojis in the uh, show. There's probably an emoji coming up soon. It's a it's present day. So, yeah. Yeah. But it's adorable. Okay, I've I've talked about it so many times, and you've talked about it a lot too. How our moms text us, and like you know, it's adorable. I, mom, I think it's a really cool communication. My mom texts exclusively in emojis. I now. need to see it. Can you show it to me or is that like too personal? Well, I mean, it's just emojis, so... That's what I'm saying, so can well, I see it? It's emojis and voice memos. She's Aww. discovered how to leave voice memos. See? And they're like 10-minute long lectures on how to 
be healthier. And again, Anyways. that's a very <laughs> cute thing that it's like an Asian thing of like, again, and this, it is a communication barrier. My mom uh, is really good at English, but I speak, I speak to her in Konglish. But mm. here, like, he, I'm hearing her in text, <laughs> reading her text, make my freaking day. I would be one of, the, I feel like an annoying parent where they're like, if they're always showing photos of their babies, I was just doing screenshots of my mom's text. <laughs> like, they're adorable. There's sort of a Tumblr out there for that. Probably. Text from my mom. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. What were we talking about? Um, oh, Dr. TV. Ken. I mean, I'm, I'm excited about this new season because there's a, there is a lot more diversity. Um, I, I'm really excited about um, a show that's premiering on Monday called My Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And at first I had zero interest in that because of the title. It just sounded like an internet meme. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, um, our friend Jess Wu introduced me more about it. And then I saw a couple articles about the setting. And it's going to be like a, a musical comedy um, set in West Covina, which is right by my hood. What's the deal with West Covina then? Because you know all the things about SoCal. It's just an SGV. Okay. Yeah. It's the 66 for the kids. The whole premise story is this like um, high powered New York lawyer decides to take a smaller job in West Covina to chase the one that got away, which is a Filipino American guy uh-huh. who was her like high score college sweetheart. Right? Nice. And then, you know, he's, you go get he's him. dating someone else. He goes all crazy. It's like the modern, you know, romantic comedy. Oh, from wait, she's a know. crazy ex-girlfriend. Maybe she's not. A- <laughs> <laughs> I take it and back. I wasn't paying attention. It's um, it's shot in a way. It's very whimsical. It's kind of reminds me of Flight of the Concords. Okay. Or, um, Ultra hipster. Pushing Daisies, which is great. Because a lot of people are seeing, oh, it's a musical. I don't want to watch that. But I think, like, I never really watched Glee. Right. Because I didn't really, like, it didn't connect with me. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily Glee's mean a very I didn't particular like audience. Yeah. musicals. Because it's a lot more pop, more like covers. They did a lot of covers. They do a lot of right covers. Now. But, I mean, that's just to stay pop. I mean, that's, again, this is Hollywood, guys. We're yeah. trying to stay relevant. <laughs> and how do you how do you get those youngsters to But I was always a fan with, with uh, shows that did incorporate musical stuff into it. Like, Flight of Concords, like um, Garfunkel and Oates, which is um, these two female comedians. It's basically the female version of flight and concourse they, they have their own songs too nice and um pushing daisy is a great one you should, you should you should check it out i heard that someone else was saying that i would really like pushing Daisies again that this was is me <laughs> no it was you and it was another friend they said mm-hmm. that i would really like pushing daisies and I, one of many anecdotes of everyone telling me i would love xyz and me not <laughs> watching anything <laughs> it's um well the thing with pushing daisies it's, it's like it's very it's interesting because i'm, I'm going off into a tangent now but it's very it's a very colorful whimsical like fairy tale story Mm -hmm. with very dark humor i like it (laughs) i like it a lot so um i don't know why but my brain went to avenue q because i thought of musical and like kind of yeah and the song like adult humor yeah there's like really adult humor it's so funny i was so shocked by avenue q they just said like oh it's funny because it's for grown-ups well you watch book of mormon right yeah how was that oh my god (laughs) oh my god and uh, I think whether someone would have told me, my friend told me before, but if I hadn't thought of it, it, I mean, South Park, South Park creators. Yeah. And um, I've always been, honestly, and probably going to get a lot of hate for this, I hated South Park. Just, it annoyed the living hell out of me. Like, the voice, you know. But I heard, you know, I heard lots of people who, tons of people love South Park. And after watching Book of Mormon, I could totally see why. Mm -hmm. And I've heard all these things, but I think I just couldn't get over the obnoxiousness um, but I also appreciate really good satire and political, you know, societal commentary. It's like societal commentary in the frame of little boy, like little kids, yeah, through their lenses, you know. But also, yeah. I, again, and but <sighs> I have a lower threshold than some other people, I guess, for like the ultra gory or like 
when it goes too into too into a mm-hmm. deep end, off the deep end. Yeah. Um, in terms of being, I don't know. That's just you want I, cartoons to be like sweet and funny and not sweet and funny. I think it's great when it's dark humor. They like stab people and like it, it yeah. gets it gets it gets extreme. And that's I think that's a turnoff for me. Okay, I'm more of I mean, a, think- a Parks and Rec smart humor person. Right. And like well, Brooklyn Nine Nine, I watched a couple episodes. Hilarious, <laughs> um, you know, Thirty Rock. That, that's yeah. uh, that's more, I guess, more humor that I'm comfortable with. It's still smart and very relevant, and and you know, makes yeah. Well, I mean, Stephen those, Colbert, I love it. Those those shows are like South Park. I think the humor is there, but it, you're right. It's created to offend. Yeah, right? it's and it's it's sensational. It's to, like you know, it's to make a really big statement. Make a statement about how like actually really dumb all these things are right these issues that people which so i appreciate about, and know? like book of mormon was hilarious <laughs> it was just brilliantly made and choreographed and i think having south park creators and that kind of content that kind of humor brought into my life through yeah. that means made it a lot more palatable for me yeah because i was like i love musicals and things <laughs> that are funny and just fresh and different and new and and very very provocative i was like oh my god what the hell is this it's yeah. so funny speaking of musicals allegiance is almost out yeah i know we should go to new york i want to go to new york well collab <laughs> new york lucky butt faces i love you but like they get they're working with the allegiance team yeah i think they're going to be doing some fun stuff with them in the near future cool. this is the hint that we got from twitter and and, and meeting updates um so tanner i'm super jelly and i'm going to book a flight out there isn't JetBlue having a special right now i think for the next couple of days okay yeah oh that's gonna be so cool that's it's gonna cool be what... it's cool that it's you know we, we've talked about this when we were working on copy for our event like, yeah, yeah yeah it's been a very like landmark year for asian american representation exactly you know there's been a lot of cool stuff going on some not so cool stuff too you know we got, but that's... We got the aloha stuff you but got, this is you like know. this is the this is the reality of it and i don't want to shy away and that, that's what we were also talking about when we say landmark year it's not to say that it's all perfect and swimmingly but we're moving forward do you know yeah, what i mean we made progress it's not it's not a perfect conversation that's the whole point it's to just go fail go succeed you're not gonna know yeah. and that's the thing like i kind of hope it's great that the shows are doing well and mm-hmm. you know um dr ken i hope that it, it also succeeds right now it's kind of in that you know it did win the night mm-hmm. so ratings wise it was great but i think that's premiere like people want to watch it right i hope it does make it to you know the next level because we're still in that stage where like hollywood being hollywood like if anything fails it's they put the blame on the non-traditional people like the, the actors the right. practice asian right and that's kind of an, a thing that's still very present like I was reading this article about um, Sicario, which is a movie I saw starring um, Emily Blunt. You know, it's about DEA, like not DEA. It's a, it's a movie, a crime movie thriller about cartels and hitmen and things like things like that. And it did well. And then you know, the 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 writer of the movie was asked, "Is there plans for a sequel?" He's like postulating, "Well, if we, I didn't make a sequel. I have some ideas for the Benicio del Toro character." And then the, the headline, it's sensational. I, I, I know, but it says, "You know, Emily Blunt may not." be in the sequel to her new franchise right but it's kind of this like this double standard where you know if a movie does well it's still the traditional white male actors that benefit from any future well stuff. benicio del toro is not a oh yeah but, traditional but, white but yeah, i get male it. actors you know yes yeah white Whereas, males you know, like, or not white male just male but then if the movie did fail they would have blamed the female lead Mm-hmm. You know, and because the numbers would add up, oh, this is because, you know, it's because we tried something different and didn't work. We got to go back and mm-hmm. make all the or all the ladies guys. Okay. On the know? ladies thing, 
First of all, I want to manifest something. <laughs> this is gonna be the, the actualization. Hippie my hippy dippy. I don't care. I lean into it, man. You play some. Um, don't care. I went some to Berkeley. Psychedelic music. Right I here. lived in Oakland. I went to Berkeley. I lived in San Francisco. Everything I don't care. Makes sense now. Yeah. No. Okay. Can we just? No. Anyway. Um. <laughs> I would like to perform on Broadway one day. Yeah. I want to meet George Takei. Those are two things I really want to happen. And I already said I want to meet Constance. I want to meet Constance George. We'll get coffee. And then eventually I would perform on Broadway because I would really love to do that. Well, if you go to Allegiance, would you rather meet George Takei or Leah Salonga? Oh, my God. Don't make me choose. That's really messed up. (laughs) I will meet both. Oh, my God, Leah. (gasps) Oh, my heart. Um but in terms of women in Hollywood, this is, I was griping about. <laughs> Poor Marvin always has to hear me complain. You guys only have to willingly listen. You can turn me off at any point in this podcast, but Marvin cannot escape. The volume button is to the right of your so device. So please send all your condolences to Marvin, but whatever. Um, he's here of his free will. He's a grown man. Uh, one of the issues that I'm just super annoyed with, women in Hollywood. When are we going to get... Here's the annoying thing. I was so annoyed when uh, uh, when they're asking Mindy Kaling, where do you get your confidence from? And she <laughs> shot it down so well. She's like, you're right. Like, how do I have confidence? I'm not white. I'm not skinny. I'm not, you know, I'm all these things that could never be under comprehended to feed <laughs> this confidence of mine. Like, what the, you know, how is this possible? I love that she framed it that way. First of all, and that's my segue into like how I'm noticing on, on the shows that I do watch, many of the shows, um, it's not 100%, but a lot of them, okay? Whether it's a federal agency of, you know, crime investigation or NASA or mm. <laughs> a software engineering company, a lot of these women look like they walked out of either an H&M or a Bloomingdale's catalog, Okay, mm. so I had no idea that all the women oh, in the world look like <laughs> like models. It's really annoying. And maybe I'm, I don't know, but I don't watch that much TV. So I've been trying. I watched Blacklist. I watched Scandal. I watched, and these are all great shows. They're highly entertaining. I'm, don't get me wrong. It's not like I wasn't into the story, but I'm saying as. Blacklist is great. James Spader. Yeah. He's, he plays a really good he's a-hole. A, so good. Oh my God. Oh my God. Right. But I noticed like. Why? That guy used to be part of part of the Brat Pack, right? I he think was so. Like yeah, one yeah, of yeah. Like the Breakfast Club guys. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. My friend yeah. told me. I was like, "No way!" And I googled it. Him and Rob Lowe. Yeah. Rob Lowe became still, Pretty Boy. Who's still Rob Lowe? <laughs> Anyways, back to your. And you melt into his eyes. But okay, see, this is what I'm saying though. Like to be a lead on a show, you can look like James Spader or you can look like Rob Lowe, right? To be a female lead in a show, most likely you need to look like Carrie Washington or you need to whatever the chick's name on the blacklist. I'm sure she's a great actress, but I'm saying like there, she's supposed to be the lead. Is, what is, is it? The CIA? I don't know. The first, the FBI, first I say. FBI, the yeah. first episode of Blacklist, it it got under my skin, and I I don't know if I'm the only one that <clears throat> feels that way. Don't care. I'm. I feel that way. It's. It's why it's so unfathomable What's or like- uncastable <laughs> to have a. You know what I'm saying? A non. A non size zero size two woman who's over five seven, right? Yeah. Who has this perfectly done makeup and all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? And men are wearing makeup too, right? In shows, but it's it's not the same. And it's just getting to the point of being wildly irritating to say that at NASA and that at a software engine that you have this like plethora of 
different looking men, right? You have the guys who are not so attractive, some attractive, whatever, different. And they're getting great on the diversity, including Indian American, Asian American. They had Benedict Wong in the march. It was awesome. Yeah. But in the women, like, for real, I'm sorry. But you walk into these, you walk into NASA, you walk in the FBI, they don't all look like that. They don't all look like Nordstrom catalog models. And I think that's what's, um, I mean, <laughs> going off that, it reminds me of the movie Spy with Melissa McCarthy. We were talking about Rose Byrne. Like that movie really flips the whole casting thing on its head. Like the pretty girl is actually the like insufferable one, or like the bad yeah. guy. And then yeah, you know, and she was a great villain. Yeah, Roseburn was hilarious. The non-traditional women, ladies, and even like that one scene where like she goes undercover and she like splurges on this big dress, and everyone's making fun of her, but she's like, I don't care, I look awesome. Yeah, right? that was yeah. pretty. That was a pretty cool scene, I thought. And that's a rarity. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. And the reason why people are talking about it because that never happens. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's I don't know. And I don't care if it, you're like, oh, she's complete. Yeah, because I'm an actress and I look like a normal person. I'm not saying I, whatever. Like, it's not about looks, but it's just the degree to which the look of a woman impacts whether she could represent a normal woman or not. Yeah. Screw I mean, you, you, Hollywood. Got, um, I don't care. Bryce Dallas Howard, entire. Did you watch Jurassic World yet? Huh? Did you watch Jurassic World yet? I have not. Yeah. Oh, my other husband. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Pratt, but, I know, love you. You know. The main female protagonist spends the entire movie running away from dinosaurs in heels. You know, and people are like, "Shut <laughs> up! Are you serious?" Yeah, it was a big thing that people. That would have been another movie where I'm like literally throwing my popcorn. <laughs> I would have been throwing popcorn. That is, that's the point at which I'm at. And maybe, maybe I watch movies really critically. That's how I watch movies now. I'm trying to be in movies. Like that is my wish. Yeah. And the fact that I don't want to run in heels when I'm running away from a T-Rex, yo, give me some Nike Freeze. I got, you know, come on. Why does Chris Pratt get the Nikes and I got to run in heels? What the hell? Like you're, you're literally making it more likely for me to die. But this is why we got to talk about it. So yeah. I'm not going to be apologetic. I don't think I'm being irrational. The numbers talk. Yeah. You turn on the TV, the pictures talk. They say something to you. And they kind of do. And that rem- that, so one last kind of tangent thing before we move on from this. But um, when I, I, so I, when, I shall never move. I um, <laughs> like from the topic. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> like, this was a, I had, I spent a very quiet weekend at home, so I was like, I gotta go do something. So I went to go watch a movie, and I was about to plop down money for The Martian when I remembered the whole whitewashing thing. Mm-hmm. So that, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> so that actually was the reason I watched Hikaru instead. Mm-hmm. And not that I, I knew I would enjoy The Martian, I just, I guess internally, I just kind of didn't want to support that, you know? It's really funny that I completely forgot about that because I made such a fuss. When the whole the mm. was a Nerds of Color article came out, yeah, I went ape shit. I was like, "What is that?" Um, and I'm reading the book. I'm not done with the book, but I I was really excited to see the movie, and I ha- I had a free night, so I was like, "I'm gonna go watch it." Yeah, and I really enjoyed it. It was a very great Hollywood movie, and I'm totally not surprised that it has such high ratings on Rotten Tomatoes, etc. But again, the lens through which I'm watching the movie, I was still severely annoyed. Yeah, well, you know, you got. Chiwetel Ejiofor playing... Vincent Kapoor, who in the book, by the way, guys, is Venkat Kapoor. Well, Kapoor itself is a... Exactly. Well, I mean, in the movie, he yeah. says, my father's Hindu. Oh. But I think he I says... Can get away with that. No, but they, 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 they try to work around it. He says, my father's Hindu, my mother is Baptist. So I think they're... Work, they're I think that was... I caught that. And I think that was the... They're trying to work in... Yeah. I'm half black, half Indian. But anyway... 
Uh, and he's an incredible actor. This is not hating on Chiotel, but it's just so formulaic if they needed stars to, to I, the... Why didn't get Russell Peters? Or, dude, I would have paid... There's so many great, like... Indian actors. Indian yeah. actors. There's a dude from Jurassic World. Yeah. There's awesome... Like, they're in so many... Anyway. Yeah. But they're still not Chiotel G4, who is, you know, a for an Oscar for 12 Years a Slave. Yeah. But, um... It's all Mark. He's also on um, your favorite movie, Love Actually. Yes, yes, with Kira, he plays Kira Knightley's and the husband, friend who, um, and his tries shady to steal friend him away. who loves her, which still I know everyone if goes someone, like, oh my if god! Someone if someone did that to you, would you fall for it? It would, it would, it would impact me. Mm-hmm. It would, it would definitely. It's a very bold, very romantic gesture. I would be if I was Chiwetel, like, why are you standing in front of the door? Close the door. Who's there? Yeah, you know? I mean, it's it's love actually, for God's sake. But yes. I, there's part of me that but then you With know pre badass Liam Neeson but, before you went all action star no he's always been a badass what are you <laughs> talking about Liam Neeson forever no we don't need Taken to like establish <laughs> that he's a badass um, what was I saying oh it's the Mindy Park thing uh, that's when it all came so back so did you read me. the book before you went going to watch the movie or did you I was in the middle of reading okay. the book so were you picturing Mindy Park as a Korean well girl? okay actually like, I you... started, I didn't get there. Okay. So I'm in the parts, I didn't get very far in the book. I was in the book, maybe, there's a lot of story in the book about his process, which is really cool, which is right from the beginning. The book is really great because it, he focuses so much on the science. Right. He goes really in depth with the the potato thing. Um, you'll see, and it's not a spoiler, but uh, there's a lot of things that he does that he breaks down very step by step. And that's what you're just like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't get to Mindy Park. So when I got to the movie mm-hmm. and Mindy Park, I was like, oh my God, this is that movie. <laughs> it was like, you know, in my face. Realization. And then I got mad. And I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> I was like, that should be me, or that should be my friends, or that should be Sandra Oh, that should be somebody who's not... Like Grace Park, or... Yeah! Like... Why? Why not? <laughs> she's great. She's Battlestar Galactica. She probably has a ton more credits. Maybe this girl just has more Instagram followers, because I'm sure she's a model. I'm just saying, like, eh, oh... Yeah. And again, see, this is, this is like reverse stereotyping, but a lot of <laughs> models at NASA. It just... I guess Let's do a survey, you know? Can we do, like, an I mean, analysis? I guess because we're, like, hyper-aware of this stuff, that kind of thing would ruin the movie for us. It did. Right? And to a degree, it did. Yeah. And, again, this is my lens, and I get it, and <laughs> no one else looks at it the way... Not no one else, but very few people look at it with that same critical eye. But if I'm going to be the one person to, like, experience it and have a podcast to bitch about it on, I'm going to do it. Because <laughs> it was annoying. It annoyed the crap out of me. Yeah. And I'm like, there's great Asian-American women who could play that part. Actual Korean-American women who could play that part. And it just, I, it, that took me out of the movie. So yeah. it, in, that, in that sense, it, it ruined the movie for me. And Chiyo tells you for because I was like, he's not a Kapoor. <laughs> I was like, he's not a He's a very pretty not Kapoor. Yeah, lovely, amazing actor, <laughs> Nakapur. I freaking love him. If I ever got to meet him, I'd die. But, like, yeah. he's not in Kapoor. Yeah. But it was a great movie. It was a great movie. I was annoyed by those two things, and I was annoyed by the models in all of the places. Yeah, well, you know, news broke this week that there's more whitewashing coming through. You know, uh, I don't of know if course. you follow anime, but um, they're adapting Death Note, which is a very popular anime from the um, from the last decade. And they're casting a white dude as the main role, um, which I think at this point, I'm not too 
mad about it because if they change the setting, it might work. Um, and if they like, it depends how they cast the rest of the of the characters. But the fact that like, you know, we're taking the Japanese story and like imposing the the white lens on it is kind of what it's kind of annoying. New? But then um, you're you did brought this up that uh, Phil Yu Angry Asian Man posted that they've sent out casting notices for the new Ghost in the Shell movie starring Scarlett Johansson. Which means, that, which means that movie is on the way. Yep. So, you know, whatever. I just... I just... <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's move on. I've I run don't out wanna, of steam. I don't want to, because if Minji gets any more angry, I'm going to get murdered. No, you're so. not going to get murdered. I'm just going to get sick again, and i got a workshop to run. <laughs> but um, let's quickly go. Uh, we, have, we have an email this week. Cool. And as always, if you have feedback for us, or emails or questions, send it to podcast at collaboration.org. We got one email last week from our guest from last week, Alvin Lim from uh, Ohio, Safe Fest director. What's up, Alvin? Um, he says, hey, fam, thanks for having me on the Collabcast last week. One question for you guys. Where do you guys see the collaboration movement in the next 5, 10, or even 20 years? What is your vision slash dream? Oh, snap. Putting me on the spot. I see it's still existing. Yeah. More podcasts, um, more videos, more blog posts. Yeah. More stuff. I mean, there, according to statistics, we're a growing population. I feel really passionate about keeping this movement going because it's actually kind of gotten to me recently that I noticed, this is funny because when we're, we're in Asian American event production mode, we have partners that we ask to help spread the word about our events. And it's a really, that's kind of what helps build this community Mm -hmm. that honestly still is really fragmented. I'm keeping it real. Like we actually asked a few people in an office area yesterday, do Asian people support each other? And it's just automatic. like, no, (laughs) it was just a flat out. No, like, no, they don't. They're too busy competing. You know, there's still, there's still a lot of competition or just lack of uh, cohesiveness. And there's a lot of really, valid reasons for that but we still have a lot of work to do in light of that yeah but i noticed that there's all these publications and all these partners that we used to reach out to all the time they just don't exist anymore because it's a lot of work to keep a publication going if you guys have ever tried blogging consistently um to be considered a reliable resource of information or thought pieces or whatever it's hard it's really that's why it's a job for people Right, they're yeah. journalists. They're kind of the uh, spokespeople of today to to keep up with all the shows and all the apps and all the events and all yeah. the artists and to speak on them and review them and to connect them to the bigger yeah. picture. Yeah, and like we're figuring out our place in the whole, you know, the new digital world ecosystem. You know, where like we've said, we've started beefing up our content generation. You know, there's more blogs, more opportunities for people to write to create stuff. Um, well, starting up a, like more video content too, and hopefully in the near future. Right. And this podcast, like I have ideas for other podcasts too. And we have the setup, you know, I have my rig here that we can pretty much make any show we want. You know, so, you know, the future <laughs> Minji dating show. No. <laughs> if you do want to write in for dating advice for Minji, podcast.org. Stop. Stop pitching <laughs> but, me. Um, we're going to, you know, it's Minji's and my Minji and mine's my my. It's our goal, <laughs> and to, our collective team's goal. Yeah, to just um, keep doing what we're doing. You know, we're, we're figuring out our 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 place in the the world. 
Um, and we're, we're collecting voices is yeah, the way I look at telling it. Telling stories, you know. And um, we're, we're also working with the artists. That's, to me, yeah. the core of it all. Because the creatives are either the ones that are holding up a mirror to the reality of society and culture and uh, thought and emotion and behavior. And then we're also the ones that can create something that doesn't exist as well and engage people and touch people and connect with people in a, in a way that can really powerfully change things that that hurt us, that hurt us, that anger us, that pain us, that uh, get suppressed or, or brushed aside from other people maybe that are more in dominant power. People need to have the space to be able to, to talk about that in a real way, to deal with it, whether it's escapism or just being very, very raw and real. Yeah. Um, and that's what I think, that, that's why I've always just really believed in the power of, of the creative arts and the mediums now are so powerful and so wide-reaching that there needs to be committed people to making sure that that... And honestly, and here's the thing that I, I don't want it to also, just as a side note, I don't think all art has to be a political statement. That's not at all what I'm asserting. I think that you need a collection, this like, what's the word? Uh, what's it? The, a mosaic. Yeah. You need all these little tiny minuscule pieces to make up a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm not uh, asserting that... We're just trying to like get the mosaic built. Yeah, you know, it's like people call like say America's not a melting pot; it's more of a salad. Yeah, which is nice because I like salads more because of the different textures and flavors rather than like a goop. You know, you don't want like a like a plain old soup. It's not as exciting as a salad. It all comes back to you the know? foodie and Marvin. I didn't know you like salads, but more than soup, I get it. I mean, I like a good corn chowder or corn soup. Tangent. Mm. Anyway. Anyways, yep. Yeah. We're going to keep working on it. And that's Don't our worry. team. And you know, it's, it's, <laughs> one other thing, real quick, is that because collaboration has so many different people that have come through generationally from different backgrounds, from different geographic areas, from different ethnicities, uh, it's it's always we're evolving. You know, this mm-hmm. is there's there's the bigger vision, but the way it'll play out, I'm I'm excited to see. Because Marvin and I will eventually be too old to be relevant and people won't care about us. I will always be cool. We will always be cool on the board of directors. Um, but as the new leaders rise and the problems and challenges and the winds change, it's going to be really, I think it'd be really cool. But I, I would love for there to be a, a place for Asian American, Pacific Islander Americans to feel like they got a place to be represented. Yeah. And speak and yeah. create. So hope that answers your question word alvin thanks for writing in and again one more time if any of you guys have any questions we love answering them please send them to us at podcast at collaborators.org or tweet um, us or tweet us or step over twitter i mean i like emails better because you get to write more very true and that'll do it for the collabcast for this week uh, hope you enjoyed the minji and marvin show um next week we'll probably have a guest i don't know we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll have travel stories back from our trips no, we're going to have guests next well, week. Well, um, you guys can place bets now whether or not I will get injured on my trip. Stop it. And, if uh, you know, that means you're going to text me now and I'm not going to know whether you're serious or not. <laughs> Butt face. That's messed up. I'll try not to at least get, you know, bloody. <laughs> <laughs> Look for like low hanging whatever. Hashtag tall people problems. Hashtag be safe. All right. 
Thanks, guys. I'll see you later. Bye, guys. Bye.